Blog Talk Radio. of the Pajama Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right. Happy Friday. Hello. Hey, we're back at it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sound like it's so bad. We back at it again. What's up? No, we back <laughs> at it again. I'm just saying, it's been quite a week. Back at it to terrorize again. Mm. It has, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. How's everybody doing? Doing good. Doing great. Yeah. The weather's been out of sight. Yeah, it has been nice in the DMV, as they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get no better than this. I wish we had days like this all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I would not complain. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in Cali. Yeah. We get it all the time here in Cali. I'm in Cali. So. <laughs> oh, okay. you are? Okay. Uh, yeah, we're in All right. Well, Mr. Cali, what's our leading uh, <laughs> discussion tonight? You know, the question I want to come up with tonight, not the question, but just the topic, the topic or the, uh, yeah, the question, I guess. Uh, what do we have to fear? I wouldn't even say come 2024, but I guess with the next major election, when it seems that it's gotten to the point where, where Trump has made it that anybody that loses an election is going to be, you know, with a contesting attitude. Will we ever move forward in a, an election? I mean, will we be able to be able to choose the winner and the loser? I mean, legitimately, or just like a race, you know? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, George Bush's father was one term. Uh, it was—I I know a few senators that was one term. You know, and it just seems like Trump has put it in people's mind that all you got to do is say that it was a fraud, it was a zazza, and extend it and recount. Do we really have time for all that? When we're trying to pick somebody new and just move on, what do you think about that? Because it seems like that's going to be the new norm is to, you know, an election being like, let's say, November 2nd. We don't get the results until February of, February of the next year. <laughs> think about it. And I am not laughing. What do you all think about that, Red Wine? What do you think about that? Well, I think if we if that becomes the new norm. When? Well, I'm saying if. When? If that, you ask me my opinion. No. My opinion is if it becomes the new norm, then the election process is going to become much more expensive because all of the money spent on all those recounts and auditing the, the machines and all of that stuff are not free. 
So whatever it normally costs for an election, they're just going to add to the cost. They're adding to the time. They're adding to the aggravation. And then when it's all said and done, can anybody even trust the results after that? Because for people who have, were okay with the results, you put the question, not you, but the system puts the question in the minds of everybody like, well, was this really a fair election? Was it really rigged? And I think it's going to have a domino effect down the line. Then you're going to make people start feeling like, well, then what's the point? If it's going to be rigged anyway, why should I even bother to participate? And if people stop participating, we're really going to have a problem. That's my opinion. Um, that was kind of all over the place. I'm just saying, it's a domino <laughs> effect, in my opinion. Mm. Oh, all right. Mm. Go ahead. Carol, what do you um, think about that? I was going to say, uh, you would think as, as advanced as technology has become, I mean, look at these cell phones. I mean, they change every two years, every year and a half. Why can't we find a system or machine, so to speak, that works, that's more accurate? If it's 95% accurate or 99.1 or whatever accurate, um, we keep relying on, on the wrong things, I guess. Um we just need to do a little better with our system. <clears throat> so, uh, like, I, I kind of agree with that red wine. You know, it's, it's just a waste of time. Um, mm. You know, people are going to stop um, wanting to vote because I hate to say it, but I didn't vote until um, President Obama became, uh, you know, he was on the ballot because I didn't believe in voting because I, I just felt as if they already knew who the candidate was. So why am I wasting my time? But then I started thinking about my ancestors. They went through a lot for me to get here to be able to vote. So I said, okay, it's my civil duty to do that. So let's let's get it. Let's let's do a little better than what we're doing, more accurate. So that's my opinion. That's a good point about improving the technology. Hmm. Interesting. So our initial question was, if you're just joining us, the initial first off the table discussion was do you feel like there's going to be contested elections by the loser being the fact that Trump then stuck a pinhole in what he feels is you know and Red Wine you had your thing where you said uh, what was the synopsis of that again was the I'm saying that I don't know if it will but I said if that becomes the new norm it's going to be more expensive for the government to pay for these elections, whether it be federal, state, county, whatever. You mean a recount or something? Or? Yeah, I'm saying the cost of doing all the auditing and the recounts and mm. the people involved in doing all that, that stuff is expensive. Okay. And then I think it's going to put doubt in the minds of the voters to make them wonder, can you trust the results no matter when they finally come up with who the winner is? And I think it's going to just crash the whole system. And 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 uh, what's her name again? Kettle. And Kettle was saying with technology, it should be a lot more uh, volatile count of the situation. Yeah. Yada yada yada. Yeah, it should be a more, more efficient. Advanced. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. My opinion on the whole thing is that 
personally, I think that Trump, first of all, was just a sore-ass loser. You know? And, and the sad part about this a sore-ass loser, which got to do with anybody in the world that loses, you have to go away graceful. You have to go away with dignity. And I'll put a black man in the same place of Donald Trump, and that was Cam Newton. Cam Newton, a couple years ago, he was not only the MVP, but the, the Carolina Panther was on fire the year he won that whole championship thing and went to the Super Bowl. But Denver and Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl whooped his black natural ass. And Cam, it came out with the, remember he had the little sand where he was the little, he had some kind of little sand where he, he did the, like a, no, not it. the commercial. He had oh, his he own, doing the, da- was that the little the dap, the dap thing, dap, yeah. dap, dap. And the kids was doing it, everybody was doing it. Now, instead of him saying that we lost the game and getting on the thing, because during the press conference, young people and everybody's watching the press conference, Cam Newton showed his ass at the press conference, totally pissed off totally upset and lost all the dap stuff and lost all the reputation of everything. And the Carolina, Carolina Panthers eventually got rid of him. He's not even in football today because he showed his ass. And that's what happens to a black man. Now, Trump, for example, is setting the example that whenever you're a sore fucking loser, excuse the expression, but I said that to make my story sound better. Whenever you lose, you can't kind of, because you think you got the reputation of the white skin that you're going to go ahead and show your ass because you see what happened with Cam Newton with the black skin. Didn't get nowhere. But see, Trump having all his cronies, it got somewhere, but it got the Capitol totally invaded, knocked out, tripped out, all because of a sore loser would start the whole insurrection situation. So when we lose something, we should back off and come back and try again and maybe come back with a better attitude when it comes to losing a woman, losing a man, losing a house, foreclosure, repossession of your car, anything in life that you lose, it's not what happens to you, it's how you interpret it and how you handle it. That's how you come out a better person on the other end. And like you said, Red Wine, to, you know, we should, you know, whatever you said with the dude, and I'm not, you know, knocking your thing. But when you when we say change anything or do anything different, we're catering to the loser. That complaint. We have to embrace the winner. Embrace the winner. Based on the numbers and, and whatever however we tally. The initial tally because we want to know who won by midnight. If the election's on November second, we can't wait till November seventeenth. Fuck that. That's too long. We need to move on. You know? And that's just my opinion. I, I, I'm not trying to talk, so I, you know, I ain't trying to win no argument. But I'm just saying, let's stop catering in the sore ass losers. And that, that, that well, then fine. I'm gonna go back to what Chattel said. Then we need to change the way that they do it, because part of the problem is you it, got all of these votes coming in, like people that are American citizens that are overseas. They're trying to mail their stuff in. You got the mail-in votes. There was just too many different ways that people are voting. But those ways was working time. until the sore loser said, oh, shit, I lost. It's all No, I was up. talking about the time frame. I'm, saying, I'm not saying they don't work. I'm saying they need to adjust the time frame 
so that you can get the results. Oh, by yeah, midnight. as long as we do it in between elections you with everybody agreeing on it. coming in, you know, two weeks after the election night, that's a problem. So they either need to back up on the days to say, all right, all of the mail-in stuff, all of the advanced stuff, all of that stuff needs to be backed up date-wise, get it all in so that by, like you said, by midnight, you should be able to go to bed and wake up the following morning and find out who won. All right. So we'll do that between elections and with everybody in agreement of it. All right. So I'm next on board. time it's an election that we do it different. But in the meantime, our question was the sore loser backing stuff up, and then that's where we are with that. Okay. And, and like I said, we all have our Oh, but I agree with stuff. you, you know. I don't, I don't need that. I'm not, I'm no, not trying I'm to win no argument. I'm saying the sore loser needs to just bow out gracefully. <laughs> bow out gracefully. I've lost some fine-ass women in my life, and the motherfucker that took her, more power to his I ass. I mean, hey, somebody's got to lose. Mm-hmm. Everybody oh. can't win. All right. I will move on. I think that was a real I think that was a real solid uh, subject right there because we need to know what we're gonna do in two thousand twenty four when the shit hit the fan again because it will. Anyway. All right, uh, all right. Kettle, uh, you got the rundown for us? I sure do. All right, let's get into these uh, hot topics here. Hot topics. Bryant laundry confirmed dead, remains found. Okay. Also, privacy uh, complicates jury selection in trial over Ahmed Aubrey's death. And district attorney refuses um, Philly train rape case. Also, I hit and acquitted headlines. Georgia High School only uh, punished black students after protests. Also, a black man receives $1 million donation for his nonprofit. And also, Utah school district allowed serious and uh, widespread racial harassment. Also, our cocktail of the week, I got a surprise for you. What's popping with Papa Didi? Uh, we're going to lighten it up with our weird news. Uh, buzzards settle in North Carolina, town despite scare tactics. Also, five-hour bus tour of Hong Kong caters to sleep deprived. And also, more than 90 snakes found under Northern California home. All righty. I'm just saying with red wine, the NFL is the uh, National Foul League. Also living for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood rapper. The last, uh, I'm sorry, the kiss it list. Of course, we have to do that, of course. The last word, that is it. So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with the hot topic. So I was looking over the Cocktail of the Week archives, and we've had so many really great drinks over the past year and a half. We've had our original signature drink called the Pajama Party and a Game Changer, and of course we have the last word. I like the Revolution. It was Hennessy, lemon and lime juice, agave juice, and bitters with jalapeno slices. Ooh-wee! I like that Crown Royal Flush with the Crown Royal Peach Knock and Cranberry Juice. And one of my favorites huh, was the, uh, wait a minute, what's it called? The Dutch Mule, yeah, the Dutch Mule with the kettle, orange vodka, lime juice, and ginger beer. There are so many to choose from on the ajamaparty.com website. So check out the Cocktail of the Week archives to get the recipes. And you can find out how to make the Cocktail of the Week and sip along with us. Are there instructions there too? Sure they are, along with pictures of the drink, so you know exactly what it's supposed to look like. 
John Party when he was Papa D. Damn you, Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Oh, swad, darling. All right. See, hey, Papa D. D. You're up first. Time to get into these hot topics. Uh, let's see. What do we have first tonight? Oh yeah, you got this story. Yeah, you will give me this. This is a deep story right here. It, so you go right ahead. Uh, Bryant Laundry. Confirmed dead. Remains found. This has got to be the most wackiest story of the century, you know? And I think the fact that it involved uh, um, the other persuasion and the fact that it was down here in Florida looks like some people just got away with murder in some respect. Okay? The remains found near... The uh, what they call the Carlton Reservation belonging to uh, Brian Laundry, missing 23-year-old uh, wanted in connection with the murder of his fiance, uh, member uh, Gabby Petito. Law enforcement has been searching for Laundry since his parents, Chris and Roberta, who should be thrown in jail. I uh, just want to put that out there. Reported him missing uh, on September 17th. Okay, his disappearance came days. Before uh, Gabby's before Gabby's remains were found in Wyoming, okay, where the couple had been visiting during a month-long cross-country road trip, uh, which they they wanted to document it for for the social media, they document the whole situation. All right, large-scale manhunt for a laundry uh, yielded uh, minimal results until Wednesday when his parents now peep this here when his parents joined the search. During the search of the, uh, wow, Malalaki Creek Environmental Park, uh, the couple, along with law enforcement, found a backpack and notebook belonging to laundry. Now, the parents. Now, mind you, the backstory is that Florida sent out all kinds of uh, divers and search rescue teams, helicopters, you name it, tracking all the swamps in the world. But all of a sudden, the parents came out there looking for something, and uh, we'll we'll recap this after the story. But anyway, uh, along with law enforcement, they found a backpack and a notebook belonging to Laundrie. Then human remains were later found near Laundrie's belongings, and on Thursday, officials confirmed the remains were linked to the 23-year-old. Okay? Now, the FBI... uh, the FBI Denver confirmed in a release that uh, dental records matched those of Brian, adding that they were grateful for the work of every agent involved in the search. Mm-hmm. Looks like the only agents that did anything was uh, Chris and Roberta. Anyway, the Carlton, the Carlton Reservation and nearby areas became a central focal, focal point for the search for Brian and is the last place he, he believed to have gone. All right, his parents told police that he embarked on a camping trip at the reservation the days before we reported him missing. Now, why that area was never searched when they used thousands of search tactics to find this gentleman, I will never know. Okay? 
Despite repeated searches of the area, nothing was found until Bryant's parents headed to the area, sparking increasing suspicion of their potential involvement. Oh, no shit. How long did it take y'all to figure that out? However, officials noted that in the area had been underwater until recently accounting for why nothing was found in the search. Okay, blame it on the water. Like Millie Vanilli, blame it on the rain. Uh-uh. Okay, Bryant, Chris, and Roberta, silent during the ordeal, also fueled suspicion about the family. But Stephen Roboto, who the family attorney said that that the, they were only acting under under his orders, and he told CNN he instructed them not to speak to authorities, allowing him to act out situations where the parents were had no involvement. They were just looking for their son and just got lucky. Uh, yada yada yada. So, uh, like I said, you're welcome to give us a call Lucky. on this 914-803-4306. If you're already online, press 1, get into the queue. I really would like to hear people's opinions of this particular case on how the parents knew where he was, and all of a sudden uh, he's dead out of nowhere. The parents knew exactly where he was. All the man hours and all the money that was wasted trying to find him, all the time put in front of him, and... Um, what do people think? Redmond, what do you think about that? It sounds awfully fishy. You know, the the lawyer for the parents is saying that for people to think that the parents were involved or planted or did evidence or something, he's using Mike Tyson's word saying it's ludicrous. And I'm like, you know, like you said, for all of those people that were out there combing through that area, looking for anything that they could find, finding nothing, and now you find a backpack and you find a notebook mm-hmm. and you find human remains. Thank and they're you. saying, oh, well, it was underwater, and as the water receded, then it became visible. But you had divers out there too, like you mentioned. It just seems like something is just not adding up. How in the world... Can all of those things now be found when the parents decide they want to go out and take a look? I mean, they're not trained like these people that were out there doing these searches, but yet the parents can find. And was the notebook wet? They said that it was Mm. all this stuff under the water, and then when the water receded, then they could see stuff. Well, what condition was the notebook? How do you know it was his? It Mm. should have been really water damaged. So I, I'm just, it, this stuff is not adding up. That's not all I'm all. saying. It just sounds like they went straight to the body. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we know where it is. Here it is. You know, like somebody put it there and say, oh, here it is. You know, I, you know, people are searching in certain areas, and then all of a sudden you find something like, okay, we just searched that area. Um, you know, kind of the same incident happened here in D.C. Um, I forgot the woman's name, but the one they found in the woods. They had checked Rocky right. Park all through the woods, and all of a sudden, here she is. Some jogger finds her like a week later. Come on now. So, yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Something's fishing. It just it just not adding up, adding up. And I really hope that they really do a thorough investigation and um, see the parents for who they really are, um, especially the yeah. sister because the sister was talking a lot. Um, she acted as if she didn't know what was going on. But I think she knew a little more than what she was talking about. So, 
Um, like you said, people join the conversation. We like to hear everybody else's views. Nine one four eight zero three four three zero six, and um, you know, see how people feel about it. Because um, you don't want to say black and white, but I mean, hey, you know, if she was on yeah. the other foot, it'd be totally different. So that's what I that's that's my opinion. No doubt. So yeah. Nope. And in and, and, yeah. and my opinion, what is the difference between remains and finding an actual body? When you say remains, I mean, it didn't you say dental records? Did he just find mm-hmm. his teeth? I mean, did he, was it, hell, hell, he could have took his dental work out and put it in the dirt and stiff it on the run. I mean, and did you find a finger, a hand? So was it, what was it, like a, a some human remains and, and his teeth? I mean, you could take his know. teeth mm-hmm. out and put his teeth in it in the dirt. I mean, like I said, the speculation goes on and on and on. And this is and only in Florida. You know what I mean? Isn't it amazing how Florida is always the state that gives you the most hypocritical crap? Whew, man, I would never wow. you can give me a free big ass house in Florida, I'll say pass. Mm, I'll pass wow. every time. Between stand your ground laws and all the crap they got going on there. Yeah. No. Nah. It's, it's too wild. Keep my ass down in Florida. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave that alone. But like I said, welcome to call us at nine one four eight zero three four three zero six. If you're already on the line, just press one. Press one. Put you in the queue and uh, speak your mind about uh, that situation with that. All right. Okay. Uh, over to you, Kettle. What's happening? Oh, uh, let me see. Privacy uh, complicates jury selection on this um, Ahmad Aubrey's death. Interesting. This is in Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. What be jurors in the murder trial that three men charged with killing the 25-year-old um, Aubrey expressed concerns, really, this week about re- uh, remaining anonymous should they be selected to serve? Wow. Uh, a thousand of the 62,000 registered voters in um, Glenn County received jury summons. The judge hopes to narrow the jury pool to a smaller group of 64 and eventually uh, to 16 people, 12 jurors, um, four alternates. Um, complicating that process is the fact that multiple prospective jurors have told the court um, they know Aubrey. Yeah, okay. The defendants, potential, potential witnesses, and other prospective jurors and some of the local figures involved in the case. So it goes on to say, under um, questioning by the lawyers for the defendants, Another prospective juror expressed their similar concerns. He said any verdict, guilty or innocent, is going to be in a popper uh, with some people. So maybe I even feel unsafe. I don't even know. So it just sounds like people in this county, they're just scared. Maybe they should have moved this this particular case to another county. Um, yeah, it sounds and, like it. Yeah, and it, I've never heard them... Um, I mean, I guess there's been cases where they they don't tell who the jurors are. You know, you find out later on who they are, um, not at that particular time that they're doing the case. So maybe they can remain anonymous then. Um, but you know, you know how the media is; they're going to find out who was on that jury anyway, some, some yeah. in some way. So, um, but they. But part they of the problem. Uh huh. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say the judge has barred the media from releasing identifying information about jurors and repeatedly um, assured jurors the court is working to maintain their um, anonymity. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. See what happens. But so. 
Well, part of the problem is that it's a relatively small town, and yeah. so many mm-hmm. of them all know each other, yeah. or they know that one of the three people yeah. that shot him and mm-hmm. killed him, or they yeah. know Aubrey or his mom. In the beginning, it's too much familiarity. In the beginning of the case, right. when this first happened, these people weren't even arrested for at least 30 days, only because the, the prosecutor office, everybody in City Hall knew these three guys. So nobody wanted to touch the arresting them. It was almost like Trayvon Martin's situation where nobody wanted to come near it. People had to they had to um Yeah, keep recusing they themselves. Recusing from themselves the from the case mm-hmm. based on knowing people right. and that's the biggest problem with a small town situation. And this town has it and it's so sad because I don't know I feel like if somebody's accused of something, you kinda of wanna release that friendship you got for a minute for somebody and let the let the court play itself out. But some of these people just hold on to it forever. They're like, oh, well, that's my friend, so I don't care yeah, what you say. Yeah, but these are like they're fishing buddies, or yeah, they go yeah. to church with this person, yeah. or, oh, I go to this and hang out yeah, with them, and we go boating together. And... I don't think sports or fish have anything to do. They just want to be on the right side of white. That's just my Well, opinion. that's part of the fear. You're yeah. saying, like, I don't want to be on this jury because whether yeah, we exactly. say guilty or innocent, I ain't trying to put away, we put still got to live with that. Well, well they ain't trying to put away a, a white guy in reference to a dead black man because they feel like he's dead, he's dead. You, you'd be surprised to think of it. Well, that's that what I'm saying. They still got to live in this small town yeah. when it's all said and done. And like you said, Carol, once the word gets out, who the jurors yeah. jurors It's going to be tainted. Yeah, it could be some leverage they're trying to do. But check this out. The Brunswick um, County is predominantly black, but it sits in the overwhelming white Glen County. So how mm. is he going to be judged by his, uh, well, I guess he's judged by the appearance. Oh, they're, yes, they're white. So. Yeah, but they'll, yeah. they'll find yeah. some white folks if they gotta, <laughs> if they got to sober them up from a shelter. If they got to ship them in, huh? <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that. I'm just saying they'll do what yeah. they have to do to get that jury to God go. God bless that man's soul and God bless his family. Yeah, I, I, all his I mother wants he, is justice. Yeah. That's all. Just, I mean, you know, it is what it is. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll, okay. I'm, I'm going to watch this closely myself, so it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, we all will be watching. Well, speaking of justice... Uh, for those who probably saw something last week about a situation in Philadelphia where a woman was allegedly raped on a train and people took out their phones and recorded it, mm. well, that case is now kind of evolved into something else. So now, um, of course, you know, it drew nationwide attention and all that, and people were really upset because people said, why would you take out your phone instead of intervening? So now police even went so far as to say that, of course, people were recording it, as I said. So now the district attorney, who's on the case, is saying that's not what happened. Now I'm thinking, were you on the train? But that's what the district attorney says. So at a press conference yesterday, Delaware County District Attorney Jack Stoltz, let me get his name right, Stoltzmeyer, said that it's not true that people sat on the train and watched this whole thing go down and video it for their own gratification. He said that witnesses were on the Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority, uh, that if any of them, anybody who was on that train, that they should come forward and share information about what they saw. 
He said you will not be prosecuted, so please come forward, especially if you have video on your phone. Now, the district attorney paints a picture saying that it was a very sparsely crowded train with passengers getting on and off throughout the whole alleged rape situation. And he says that people were getting on and off the train may not have realized at any given point that there was a rape in progress. Now, I'm thinking, okay, even if people are getting on and off, you had to see something if that's what was going on. Now, he acknowledged, this district attorney acknowledged that there were two people who believed that they filmed part of it, and he has that video. But the suspect is a guy who's 35 years old, Siston, his last name is N-G-O-Y, I don't know how to pronounce it, Nagoy, allegedly harassed the woman, groped her, and eventually raped her through more than two dozen train stops. Now, that's a lengthy time to be carrying on like that on a train, mm-hmm. and nobody's seeing it or saying anything or intervening. This whole thing just reeks of, a, once again, something ain't right. So, you know, the district attorney is trying to say, well, you know, it wasn't quite the way people painted it, but if you saw something, if you got video on your phone, please come forward. You will not be prosecuted prosecuted because you saw it and did nothing. That's what he means. You won't be prosecuted for that. So police are saying that they believe that nobody called authorities and they're investigating whether any of the witnesses actually recorded anything. Um, And of course, you know, they're saying that it's distressing. They're very sad about the whole thing that people potentially held up their phones and recorded it instead of even saying something. Now, according to the way this was reported, nobody even said, hey, stop. They just watched it, and then when their stop came up, got off the train. And in some cases, recorded it and got off the train. And so they're saying there's a lot of people. They should have intervened. Somebody should have done something. And that was the superintendent, uh, Timothy Bernhardt, of the Upper Darby Police Department, who made that statement, he said this is very troubling. Now, you know, again, I just can't imagine for two dozen stops, that's 24 train stops, that this was going on. And to think that nobody intervened? You know, people need to, what's that saying about if you see something, say something? I didn't want to walk over there and maybe, you know, felt like I don't want to get involved. But at least when Mm -hmm. you get off the train, go tell the people at the station that, hey, I think this man is raping this woman or something crazy is happening on that train, that particular car. You know, report it. Say something. I I just don't understand. They don't have an emergency button or something. I mean, uh, trains have emergency buttons or something, um, some kind of call thing. Maybe you can call up front to the driver, something. I mean, it's just yeah, ridiculous. From, what, from what I heard, you know, having a little Philadelphia connection, the incident started at what's called the 69th Street Terminal, which is the end of the line. And after that, okay. when it leaves, after it leaves 69th Street, it goes through West Philly down in the numbers. The next stop is 63rd, 60th, 52nd, 46th, then mm-hmm. it goes underground at 40th, 30th, then 15th Street, 
you know, and then the, 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 it's called the L, and it moves very fast. So that's yeah. why I said it made eight, eight, nine stops at while the rape was still going on. And if nobody reported, and nobody, and the, and the, there's no conductors like Amtrak or anything like that on the train. All there is is a motorman, basically one person really uh, mm-hmm. controlling the, the doors. I mean, the motorman looks out on the platform, he controls the train and controls the doors, and that's all involved because the train's only in the station for a couple seconds in Philly. The L is called an L, which means it's elevated from the ground. It's up in the air. So, so, so you're saying it was in, know, in, in, in the, under the tunnel for for a certain amount of time? Uh, it didn't get it didn't go it under the tunnel the until train? it got to 46th Street. Once it gets to 46th Street, then it goes underground. The first stop underground is 40th Street, then 30th, mm-hmm. and then 15th, which is downtown. So it, but it was saying, like how long do you stops. think that it might be underground, like it, it, in the dark, maybe? Oh, uh, like about two minutes, three gets, minutes. It goes from it goes from thirtieth to fifteenth in about maybe six minutes. So, but gotcha. but it started at Sixty Ninth Street, so it went from Sixty Ninth all the way to Fifteenth Street, and about which wow. is twelve stops in between. But those stops only That's take crazy. on the average about fifteen minutes. So, gotcha. but people were just filming, and nobody called the cops. And if the motorman, if the engineer doesn't know, the train is just moving. And a lot of people in a in a certain generation were raised on posting, you know, filming and posting. You know, that's what they that's do. And, and it's so, it's so sad that uh, yeah. you know they yeah, rather pick and twist. they rather say, "Look at this," or "Let's pull this up." And I'm not picking on people of another generation, but you know. It's interesting. Maybe I am picking on them. They really need but to be I'm more responsible. But I'm curious as to, did she ever scream? I, I don't did know the particulars. Did she make any sound I don't know the particulars. to alert anyone else? Only the, the video. Only video knows for sure. Problem? Only video knows for sure. I'm sure she was horrified. Only video knows mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, it's just a sad situation. I hope the person is yeah, in hell. And the people yeah. that videoed it, they need to get a lesson from that to know that it could have uh, been your mother, your sister, or your auntie, yeah. or your grandmother. And, uh, That's a good point. Know. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. putting that guy like so. in the way on the kiss it list. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? Uh, let, let me. Uh, y'all want to continue on? Take want to take a break? On what you want to do? Y'all got me. You got me fired up. Man, I'm I'm so fired up on these stories. I'm ready to check my blood sugar. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, don't do that. <laughs> anyway, uh. Uh, we want to go straight to the head. Quick. Yeah, go for it. I mean, you can take a break. I, I do. This All story. right, go for it. I was just pre-reading this story here, and this is blowing my mind also. Uh, this is a Georgia high school. And I always tell people when they move to the South, you know, moving to the South is cool. You know, me and myself, I wouldn't put my big toe past D.C. You know, I'm just a northern guy, and, and northern is what I do, and I can't go past D.C. with my big toe. And I tell people who live in Atlanta, and they say, hot Atlanta, 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 Atlanta. It's still the South, Okay. And, and you take your ass out of Atlanta, where it's mostly black, and you turn the corner, you could be in an all-white Georgia town. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole different situation, which this is right here. All this right, is a Georgia you. high school that only uh, punished black students after Confederate flag protesting. Okay? Now, mm-hmm. peep this here. The administrators at, uh, it's called COSA, C-O, COSA, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong, C-O-O-S-A. High School in Rome, Georgia. Now, remember two things. Remember Costa High School and remember Rome, Georgia. Keep your kids away from this from this damn school. Anyway, they've come under fire after suspending students for protesting against fellow classmates who were caught on camera 
waving a Confederate flag. Now, they suspended the black and white students that were complaining about all white students that was waving Confederate flags. This is a high school now, not college. Wow. So don't take it too deep. According to CBS 46, black, white, and Latino students allegedly planned a protest after school. Administrators failed to discipline the flag wavers for displaying in, 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 in displaying a a uh, Confederate flag up and down the school campus. Nobody said anything about that, okay? Now, the Floyd County School Administrators prohibited the students that was going to protest after hearing of their plan. Now, how does somebody hear of the black, white, and Latino protesters unless there's a plan, okay? There's always a narc. There's always a person in the ranks that's telling the rank and file, which is crazy as hell. Now, all of a sudden, they, they they planned this trip, and the school went as far as saying an announcement over the, over the loudspeaker saying, anybody that goes out and protests this particular situation of the alleged, uh, the alleged um, waving of the flag will be prosecuted, okay? So the kids were, 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 they were up in arms saying they won't even let us wear uh, Black Lives Matter T-shirts. Mm-hmm. And and some of the gay students said they won't even let us wear no LGBTQ mm-hmm. shirts or do wave anything that has to do with Pride, Pride Week. Yeah. They told us to stand down and don't even make a statement about anything. So the whole situation just just went to a big, big, big situation. Now, this lady named uh, Lillian Huckleby, she was also protesting outside the school on that situation. They did nothing to her, and she went she went up on the people's defense of the the other ones that wanted to protest for them waving flags, saying they did nothing to me because I'm white, and and they suspended the black girls and guys. But didn't didn't suspend me because I'm a white girl. And she was out there with them. And she was out there with them, but they only arrested wow. the black people. That ain't right. And I tell you what, my opinion on this here is that this is a high school. Your parents need to get your ass out of that school. Mm. You know, the one thing that we as black people need to stop doing is stop acting like we're making stuff better for our children by being somewhere that our children don't need to be. Okay, if you say, oh, my kid's in a private school, by the, by the, by the, by. But the private school got all kind of BS rules that are so contradictive on your adult belief. And, your mm-hmm. man, kids got feelings that are unbelievable. Kids are the most sensitive creatures on the planet. I mean, I mean, as old as three years old, children are just, their, their mental aspect is just unbelievable. You could tell them something and they can misinterpret it because you said it the wrong way. And they'll pass it on to somebody else and say, my daddy said this. When daddy didn't even mean it that way, but the child is so intellectually gifted that that's how they took it. And this is three fucking years old. So what do you think somebody 16 and 17 and 14 and 15 is going through? When they're getting all these mixed vibes where they're seeing... You letting them do it, but not letting us do it. But then the racist adults in the school system are trying to convince 14 and 15 and 16-year-old children that this is right when the kids are saying, I'm clouded as hell because I really don't understand. 
Yeah, they're asking, how can this be? Why is this, when the child says, why, 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 four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, and, and the white counterparts in the school system are saying, well, it's because, I'm like, bitch, shut up. Okay, shut up, because you're talking to our young future, whether they're black, white, or Latino, that's on the right side or right, and you're trying to keep the traditional of your you know, your Donald Trump, whatever it is you try to hold on to, uh, it is deep. It is deep. And I, all I say is that to the parents of these high school students, please get your kids out of this school. I hear you. Please get your kids out of this school. It's this a wild is not, stuff going on Take their asses to Atlanta and put them in the most hood. Put them in a the hood school. Shit, I don't put care. Put them where they won't be disrespectful. I don't give a fuck. They're shooting. I'd rather take some gunshots and take the racial bullshit. Well. Well, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, was, well. I knew that was a stretch. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to touch that anyway. with a 10 football. Yeah, go ahead. Right, let, me, okay. let me get to the next hit and quit it. Um, a black man receives a million dollar donation for his Kansas City nonprofit for disabled oh. men and women. Kudos. When it seems hmm. like the news uh, these days is filled with talk of crime, corruption, like you just said, politics, um, it's always nice to hear a motivational uh, story. So, um, Wesley Hamilton, after a brief altercation with a stranger outside of, of, of an apartment complex, was shot in the abdomen, leaving him paralyzed from his waist down. Um, this happened um, January 2012. It was a day that would forever change his life, but in time, it made him a better man uh, and an inspiration to uh, so many others. So Hamilton found um, disabled, but not really, in 2017, a nonprofit that provides physical training, uh, nutritional coaching, and the tools to help disabled men and women build confidence and uh, not be denied by their limitations. Wow. So according to Kansas City Star, Hamilton um, was given $1 million donation uh, for his nonprofit doing um, Good Morning America on Wednesday. The $1 million donation came from the Craig H. Nelson, Nelson Foundation, largest private funder, of uh, spinal and cord injury research training. Um, wow, kudos to them. The audience was yelling, Hamilton was covered in confetti, they heard about you, and they've been following you, and they love your story. And uh, this is what Good Morning America. So uh, he was very grateful and thankful for that. That's pretty neat. Okay, a million dollars. That's pretty good. So it goes on to say, after a decade after his shooting, Hamilton remains grateful about the outcome. The man who tried to take my life gave me life. Um, I'm living my purpose, and everybody is seeing it. So follow your dreams despite the circumstances that happen to you, he says. Uh, kudos to him. All right. All right. Congrats. So, That's a good thing. Something, Yay. Yeah. Finally, something good in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. Or change. Yeah, it's a positive. We got to give him some applause. Hey. All right, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Yeah, giving mm-hmm. back is just so natural, you know. Yeah. For some people, yeah. others, they don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Right. Some people only know yeah. how to take. Because you can't take nothing with you. So. Well, sure. I got one last yeah. one for you. Back to the bull, correct? Papa was talking oh, about yeah. how these schools. Papa Didi said these schools off the chain. I got another one for you. This one is out west in Utah. Mm. The Utah school district uh, 
federal investigation uh, has found that the Utah school districts, it's not just one school, it's the school district in Utah, has found serious and widespread racial harassment of black and Asian American students and a persistent failure by school officials to respond. And this is the Justice Department that's looking into this. Now, the investigation concluded that the Davis School District in Farmington, Utah, failed to address pervasive and racist harassment of students of color, disciplined black students more harshly than they disciplined white students for comparable behavior, and they denied black students' requests to form student groups while they allowed the white students to do whatever they wanted to do, basically. It's like, y'all want to have a club? Okay, go ahead. But then the black kids say, we want to form a club. They were like, oh, no, your request is denied. So this is the kind of stuff that they were doing. Black students were called nigger. They were referred to as monkeys. They were told their skin looks like feces. And the investigation found that the district officials were deliberately indifferent to a racially hostile climate. They said that they uh, uncovered slurs aimed at the Asian-American students that were called yellow, squinty-eyed. They were told, go back to China. And these are Asian-American students who've never even lived in China, same as they tell black people, go back to Africa. Hmm. Anyway, they said sometimes the offensive behavior was coming from the daggone staff. So this is not just kids acting a fool toward other kids. The staff is calling them out of their name, porch monkey and all of this stuff, all just all kind of stuff. So, and, and the biggest problem is that aside from all that, when the students are complaining and reporting that other students or other administrators are doing all these things, they get told stuff like, you're just being too sensitive. And... um uh, they told, uh, let's see, the parents' complaints were routinely ignored. Students' complaints were dismissed. The offended students, like I said, were told not to be so sensitive. They also told them that your peers are not trying to be racist. Even though they're telling you that you're my slave and go pick some cotton, they're telling them, oh, they're not trying to be racist. You're just being too sensitive. And then when they reported the things that these students, the white students, were saying to them, the administrators told them, you need to watch your language. Because they're just repeating to them what was called, what they were called. And the teachers and administrators are telling them, you need to watch your language. And like I said, they were routinely disciplined more harshly than the white students. And come to find out when they looked at the statistics, they were being suspended at a rate higher than the white students, even though they are the minority in the school district. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is so typical of the kind of stuff that goes on. Now, the, the black and Asian students, Asian American students, represent like 1% of the 73,000 students in that district. 1%. How in the world are y'all getting, are they being suspended more often, you know, getting going through all this stuff at higher numbers. It's like the incarceration numbers. How are people of color of uh, the minority in this country, yet we are the majority in jails? You know, this these schools are off the chain. And like I said, this is out in Utah. Yeah. So this ain't even in the South. This is out West. 
And these kids are having to deal with this? Like you said, these kids don't need this. How are they supposed to come back from this kind of stuff? You've been in school for, some of them said they've been dealing with this stuff since kindergarten. Right. This is insanity. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, I'm going to. Ooh. I'm definitely gonna jump on that in a minute here on that uh what's popping segment, but mm-hmm. uh you want to take a CC break? Uh, yeah, wanna... let's take a CC and let's regroup. I will give y'all a cocktail when we come back. How about that? It's uh, refresh the drinks, right. whatever you you know. We'll do that. We'll take a quick break and then we're coming back with kettle and this week's cocktail of the week. You're in tune to the late night adult pajama party right here on Blog Talk Radio. This is a production of DC Homegrown Entertainment. To share your opinion with the Pajama Party crew, call us on 914-803-4306 and press 1. If you'd rather just listen in, you can still call us and listen on your phone, or you can listen online by going to our website, www.apajamaparty.com and clicking the listen banner in the top right corner. So join the conversation and let us know what you think about tonight's topics or whatever is on your mind. Okay, who turned the lights off? Call us now, 914-803-4306. Now back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party. All right, welcome back to the John Payne. When you host Papa DJ, I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right, it's time for Kettle and the cocktail of the week. Week, week, week. <laughs> well, as they say, one is enough to relieve a stress level. This is called the absolute stress. Uh, we have one ounce of vodka. We might need one and a half ounces tonight. <laughs> uh, it could be the vodka of your choice, but I would say absolute vodka would be great. One ounce of um, dark rum, one ounce of peach schnapps, one ounce of orange juice, and one ounce of cranberry juice. All right. So in a cocktail shaker, combine vodka, rum, peach liqueur, Orange juice and cranberry juice. We're going to shake it real good. We're going to pour it over ice in a tall glass and garnish with a slice of orange and a cherry on top. And that's called the absolute stress. We need one tonight. (laughs) I might need two of those. (laughs) All right. right, Say that name again. The absolute what? Absolute stress. Just like absolute vodka, absolute stress. That's what it's called. Absolute stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What? I think I'm scared of that one. I don't know. I don't know no, if I, I want to drink of it. <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking what? of that name. I don't know if I want to drink a glass of stress. Look, we're turning around. Stress absolute. <laughs> how about that? Okay, Stress yeah, that absolute. does sound like Okay, <laughs> that, that works. Okay. All right, thank you, Kevin, right. for the cocktail of the mm-hmm. weekend. We'll get that up on the website over the weekend so you can check it out and uh, try it out. You just might like it. All right, we're going to kick it over to Papa Didi for what's popping. He's chomping at the bit. 
All right, Papa Didi, what's poppin'? And I tell you what, you know, these stories that we listen to, I don't know whether you have to be a person of a certain age to really understand everything that's really going on today. And it's just so interesting that everything that's going on today is only a repercussion of what, what happened 40 years ago. You know, when our parents first came back from World War II and weren't allowed to use their GI bills for what it needed to be used for, and that's housing wherever they wanted housing because they were veterans. But being the fact that racial aspects was in effect, they had to move to the city while white folks moved out to the suburbs. And now white folks are still in the suburbs and been in the suburbs for 40 years. Okay? Been there for 40 years. So they've been prone to the suburbs. And in the suburbs, and in anybody's opinion, is based on, you know, um, HOAs, you know, what does that mean? The Homeowners Association. Homeowners Association, which tells everybody how to cut your grass, how to set up your your, your, your plants on the steps, how to do this, how to do that, how to do this, how to do that. And they keep different, you know, cul-de-sacs and different areas in perspective that they are in control of. But they got some particular reason over the last 20, 25 years that black folks aren't going to contend with those rules. So let's just keep those Negroes in the city and in the ghetto where they belong. Okay? They don't belong where we are. And if they happen to make a little money and come to where we are, we're going to watch them like a hawk. If their kids come in our school, we're going to notice them because our kids are white and those kids are brown. And the teachers is in on it and everybody's in on it because nobody wants how, how and where they've been living for the last 30, 40 years to be disrupted. They feel that and make it so bad now that it's 2021, the people that's living in the suburbs now are not the original people that came from World War II because my father was in World War II. God bless his soul. He was born in 1924. So let's do the math. Four from one. Okay? That's how you know how, how old somebody is. This year ends with a one and, and a four. So, you know, what's the end result of my pop's age? If you were born in 1924. Come on, Matthew. Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. Oh. How much is four from 11? Seven. There you go. My pop would have been 97 years old on March 31st. He would have been a full 97 years old. So the people that got these white folks in the suburbs are 97 years old, and they're dead half of them because my father's dead. So they're dead. So what's left now is the children and the children of the children, and the children of the children are 30, 35 years old. So they live in the suburbs that their parents first got after World War II, and that's why the suburbs are so ingrained with whiteness. And that's why they feel like blackness is just going to mess up. With, it's almost like a pretty golf course that you don't want black folks to come to the golf course because 
you know, they think they might mess it up. Or a nice, uh, let's say, a tennis uh, resort where people are paying tennis and all the courts are nice and manicured and all that. But what makes you think we can't come and play tennis and clean up before we leave? What makes you think we can't play golf and clean up after we leave or anything? You know, I mean, especially golf courses. Oh, my goodness. Tiger Woods was one of the few people of color that was able to get into the golf game and change the game when he got there. The same with Arthur Ashe and the same with Venus and Serena on the tennis circuit. Changed it. But Serena and Venus didn't come there with no ghetto flavor and and mess things up. They kept it in perspective. Tiger Woods kept it in perspective. You know? So all I'm saying is that the mental aspect of the ignorance that's holding down what they feel, but I have no desire to move to the suburbs. Don't get it twisted. I'm content where I'm at. But what a lot of people in the suburbs need to understand is you need to have a level of contentness where you are and know that if somebody chooses to live there based on their income or their particular lucrativeness, that's their right. It is not for you to deny or make it uncomfortable for them. I don't care what's involved, politics or whatever. They could possibly be doing better than you, which they probably are, because you're living in a house that your grandparents paid eight thousand for that's now worth a million five. But your grandparents paid five thousand for it. Hmm. So your ass just got lucky. Isn't that deep? So they're trying to maintain their luckiness because they know that most of the people in their 30s and 40s live in the suburbs now or living in a fucking half a million dollar house that their people passed on to them because they're dead now, like I said. That's worth half a million dollars that their grandfather only paid five grand for. Hmm. That's why they want to maintain their shit because they've been living off of borrowed time and bullshit for 40 years. Hmm. I'm out. Okay, now. Ah. And drop the mic. Yeah. Watch out, man. Drop the mic and pick up the brown liquor. <laughs> Are we there, honey? Let me stir my I got one, two, three. I got seven ice cubes, honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Y'all want right. to lighten it up? Yeah. Lighten it up? Lighten it up. Lighten it up. Let's go to the weird news. Oh, we got some weird ones for you tonight. Oh, y'all had to give me the one in North Carolina. Yeah, I see how y'all work. Okay. Well, you know, we know you're a southern. Look, never never heard of Bun, North Carolina. B-U-N-N, never heard of it, but anyway. Okay. Uh, North Carolina town finds itself under siege by buzzards. And nothing the locals to do to scare them off seems to work. The buzzers have chosen the town of Bun, B-U-N-N, as a meeting place for the past year, and they are congregating at every available location. The News and Observer of, of Raleigh reported on Wednesday there were 28 buzzards perched on a cellular tower and another 21 at the Yum House School across the street. they worse than the birds. Um... Allie Leggett said she counted 58 buzzards in her yard 
on the roof along the fence and atop the garage at one point. She said the um, unwelcome visitors would perch on her chimney and uh, peck at the bricks, pulling them down. Other locals say the buzzards ate the roof vents off of uh, a restaurant in the town about 30 miles um, northeast of Raleigh. So no one in Bun seems to know why the scavengers have taken a shine to the town. But various attempts um, to evict uh, have failed. So in December, Bun High School fired a propane cannon day and night uh, that it worked for a while. Um, this, this is what the police chief said, but the birds returned. The school also hung vulture vulture um, effigies uh, around its rooftop to detour the birds from the gathering. That didn't keep them away either. So commonly called buzzards, the birds are black or or turkey vultures. Federal and state law um, outlaws killing, hurting, or harassing them, according to the NC Wildlife Resource Commission. So I guess they can't, you know, kill them, per se. So they can't, you know, do but so much. Yeah, it must be something dead in that town that they keep coming through like that. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. Look, I guess they'll they'll find some. They might find some dead bodies later. I don't know. I hope not. I just I don't know what's going on. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, you know, vultures Ooh. hang around. I mean, those are what do you call those things? Scavengers. Uh-huh. They like they like dead rotten stuff. Oh, but oh. anyway, mm-hmm. that's what they do. Okay. But anyway, my weird news is out of Hong Kong. Uh, Travel-starved, sleep-deprived residents might like this new Hong Kong bus tour. They are offering a 47-mile, five-hour ride on a regular double-decker bus around the territory, and it's meant to appeal to people that are easily lulled asleep by long rides. Uh, it was inspired by the tendency of tired commuters to fall asleep on public transit. So it says they, they were brainstorming on new bus tours and saw a social media post from a friend that said he was stressed out by work and he couldn't sleep at night. And the marketing manager came up with this idea of organizing a bus tour just for people to sleep. And that's what they did, and they sold that thing out. Now, how crazy is that? So, because the guy was saying, but whenever he gets on a bus, he sleeps so well. So they decided to put this together. They're selling tickets between thirteen to fifty-one dollars per person, depending on whether you choose seats on the upper or the lower deck. And they give you a goodie bag that includes an eye mask and some earplugs, so you can really get your sleep on. And they call it the Sleeping Bus Tour. And they say they started it last Saturday, sold out completely. And some passengers came prepared, bringing their own blankets. They brought their slippers. Other people showed up with travel pillows. Uh, One person said he's been suffering from insomnia, and he said, I'm here trying to get some sleep. And the bus actually makes stops like a regular tour bus at scenic places so that if you're still awake, you can get a few pictures. But if you just want to sleep, you can get your sleep on. I mean, I, I don't even know I've what to say. Everything. <laughs> now, where is this? Yeah. This is in Hong Kong. 
Oh, God. I'll make sure I don't go to you. Do that stupid shit. <laughs> I mean, well, it's a five-hour bus trip. So you can that's sleep. Crazy. Wow. That, that's a wild stuff. Okay, so I'm called Weird News. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's some weird stuff. All right, what yeah. you got, Papa Diddy? All right, this here, this is in San Francisco. Uh, more than 90 snakes was found, 90 snakes was found over under a North uh, California home, um, Al Wolf. He is used to cleaning out one or two snakes from underneath a house. But a reason he was called to called by a woman who had uh, seen rattlesnakes crawling underneath her North California home and was surprised to find more than ninety rattlesnakes. Good God! Already, uh, ready to uh, to hibernate, you know, because of the weather change and everything. So mm. Wolf, he was direct. Wolf is director of the. Uh, Sonoma County uh, Reptile Rescue said that he crawled underneath the mountainside home in uh, Santa Rosa and found a rattlesnake right away. Then another and another. He got out from under the house and grabbed uh, two buckets, put on his long sleeve shirts and long gloves, and uh, went back in. He crawled in, crawled on his hands and knees and stomach and and tipped over. And after a while, had he be tipped over uh, like 200 small rocks to find like over 50 snakes underneath these rocks. Ugh. He said, I kept finding snakes for the next almost four hours. That's disgusting. I thought, oh, good. Uh, it's a worthwhile crawl, you know, because he gets paid per snake. <laughs> so, But I was happy to get out because it was not nice. Uh, you see, you run into spider. He said, I usually run into spider webs and dirt. And a bunch of smelly crap, but this was just like snakes everywhere. Okay, but work paid off. He used a 24-inch snake pole to remove 22 adult rattlesnakes and 59 babies. Okay? When the first visit home in the uh, Mayakaka Mountains on October 2nd, he returned another two times since and collected 11 more snakes. He also found a dead cat and a dead possum. The heck? All the snakes were northern Pacific rattlesnakes, and the only, the only venomous snakes found in North North California. He said, "Wolf also said that he has been res- he's been rescuing snakes for 32 years. Has been bitten about 13 times, and he responded to calls about snakes under homes in like 17 counties in the uh, San Francisco County area. Mm-hmm. And he's seen mm-hmm. dozens of them in one place." in the wild and undeep homes and all kind of places. He said he released the rattlesnakes in the wild after he gets done with the snakes when he finds. He also sells snakes to people that want to leave them on their property for pest control. Wow. So it is so interesting how people, what people do with snakes for pest control, put them back in the wild, and damn, <laughs> damn. That's a wild job to have. And he said he's going to go back there and keep checking because the den that he was in, he found like 15 female snakes. So he knows he's bound to find more more babies in the uh, in that little hole in that house. So I don't, I'm just trying to figure out the woman living in the house, what, what the hell is she thinking? Hey, man, I would have been so out of that. How point. do you sleep at night? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Knowing you got 20 rattlesnakes under your house. Uh-uh. How do you sleep Maybe she's breeding them. She must be breeding them or something. No, she, she called to get rid of them. She ain't breeding shit. Oh, she wow. Just, Man, just weird I'm as telling hell. y'all to been up out of that joint. She just weird <laughs> as hell. She ain't breeding. She wish she could breed them. 
As soon as breathing. I heard that little rattle sound like that, I would have been like, "Woo, bye bye." The one breeding him is the one catching him because he's selling them to other people and doing other things with them, and he making money. <laughs> She's just terrified wow. up in there. Damn. And you gotta have heart to crawl up under a house. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, like he's, that. he's Rufus little, but I'm sure he's one of them little boy trash. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. He's not a father. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with uh, well, with me, and I'm just saying, I'm going to talk about the NFL tonight, so I'm going to take this quick break, and uh, we'll be back. Living just enough. Just enough for the shit Okay, well, why are we doing Stevie Wonder? I thought we were doing pajama party. Well, I, was, I was talking about my little, uh, one of my segments, day. one of my segments of uh, Living for the City. Join the party. Now you, now you ride me. Um, That's every Friday night at 9. Pajama party. No yeah. clothes allowed. Kettle and red wine uh, step on my parade. I had the mic first. And they're coming in just trying to, uh, you know. It's my turn. Yeah, oh, 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 what number to call? Oh, yeah, call us at 914-803-4306. And press 1. And press 1 to be put into the queue. And uh, say what you have to say. You can read off what we're talking about. Come up with a new subject you own. We're liberal. We're easy. It's the same. Eastern Time, we're here at 9, 9 p.m. Friday nights at uh, 6 o'clock, o'clock West Coast, and uh, what, maybe 7 o'clock in the mountains? Or in the, <laughs> yeah, 7 in the mountains, uh, Michigan, Michigan and New Orleans and all that, we're like an hour back, yeah, but 9 o'clock on the East Coast. 9.15 CP time. CP time, 9.15. Don't be late when you listen up. It's here at 9 o'clock on the dot. That's right. Every Friday night. We'll see you there. Goodbye. All right, welcome back to John Party. One here with Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right, uh, let's uh, Red Wine, her segment uh, called I'm Just Saying. Take away, Red Wine. Merci beaucoup, Papa Didi. Uh, Tonight, I'm just saying, I'm going to talk about the NFL. So my topic tonight is, that's foul. Now, we know how the National Football League has had scandal after scandal, but now I think that that NFL acronym, instead of National, National Football League, should stand for the National Foul League. It is hard to stomach how they have treated black players with brain injuries. Now, of course, this is nothing new. We saw, I can't remember the name of the movie, that Will Smith played the doctor from Africa who exposed the whole thing about the brain injuries. And I, at least, was under the impression that the NFL was on top of that and they were going to do things to make it better. They were supposed to be, you know, well, at least I think they have gotten new helmets or new design helmets that's supposed to help lessen the impact of all of that. So it's like, okay, cool, you did that. But what about this whole race norming practice that you've been exposed for carrying on? And it's been going on for a while. 
But now that you've been busted for it, NFL, now you're trying to do the right thing. I'm just saying the NFL is foul for that. So what they were doing was they were lowering the starting score for the black players. (laughs) And this is crazy because they assumed that black men had, or probably just black people, but in this case black men, they assumed that black men had a lower cognitive function than white men. So basically you're trying to say that your assumption, NFL, is that black men are not as smart as white men. So when you go to test their brain functionality, you're using a lower number to start with so that when the test score comes in, whatever that number is, it doesn't seem as bad or as high because you started at a lower threshold than the way you were testing the white players. What kind of crack a lack of bull crap is that? How do you first of all make the assumption that black men have a lower brain cognitive function than white people simply because of the color of their skin? You don't have anything to go on, period. But that was the assumption made, so that's how they were running these tests to check for things like dementia or brain damage, etc. You lower the starting scale so that, for example, if the number that says, okay, you definitely have some brain damage and qualify for the money that you should get, if that number, say, is supposed to be 10 or above, if you start the black men at zero for the test and their number only comes up at eight, then they don't qualify. But if you start the white people at five and their test comes out at 15, oh, then they qualify. This is some bull crap, but that's the kind of stuff that the NFL was doing until it all came out. So I'm just saying the NFL is foul for that. This is some Jim Crow bull crap. I'm trying not to trying not to get outside of myself because they're gonna make me cuss, and I'm not trying to do that. But as a result of the way they were running these tests, many of the retired black players did not qualify for the compensation settlement that was um, awarded that they should have gotten. So now these players are having to sue again and try to get their fair share of this settlement. Now there was a billion, I believe it was a billion dollar, yeah, it was more than a million, it was a billion dollar settlement that was supposed to go to these retired players, but only if they qualified. So when they ran these tests, like I said, if you start them at a lower scale, then the numbers don't come up where they qualify, so they're not getting their share. And they were supposed to be getting somewhere around like $500,000 if it was determined that uh, football was the cause of their brain injury. So this is the kind of stuff that the NFL did. So like I said, NFL is filed for that, and they call it race norming. I don't know what they mean by norming. I guess they think somehow that normalizes the differences between the races. And all of this got exposed after two players, one of which is from the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Najee Davenport and Kevin Henry, filed a civil rights lawsuit last year. Now, they tried to keep it all in a sealed hearing, but stuff came out. And then you start to realize, like, you, NFL, As long as these black men were out here sacrificing their body, sacrificing their mind, their brain 
for your sport, even though they did get paid. But the money that they were paid while they were playing cannot compensate for the loss of your brain. How many players took their own lives because they were messed up in the head? You can't give anybody money to bring back somebody from the dead. Those family members will never recover the loss of those people. And some of that could have been avoided if they had been tested fairly and properly and gotten the compensation that they were due to receive. So the NFL, you can kiss my grits on the way you all have treated these black men that are making all this money for you. I don't give a dag on how many millions of dollars they get on their contract because as soon as they get injured, that money dries up quick. So don't even talk about, oh, we pay them well. Yeah, you pay them well as long as they're making money for you, like some kind of modern-day slave owner. I'm so tired of this bull crap. I hope that this lawsuit gets these brothers the money that they're supposed to get. Now that this race-norming thing has been exposed, they're going to have to go back, and the ones that want to be retested without this bullcrap race-norming, hopefully now they'll be able to get a fair uh, brain test to determine if they are due to get the money that they should rightfully be able to get to compensate for the brain damage that they got while playing for the National Foul League. I'm just saying, this is red wine and NFL needs to call a foul in their own damn self for the way they have acted in this situation. And I'm pissed. As much as I like watching football, they have pissed me off with this. That's all I'm saying. That was a good one, Red They shouldn't have been allowed to do that. But see, that's Um, what happens when you get a... Well, when you get a bunch of white men with a bunch of money that think, oh, we're white men, we're rich, we do what we want to do. This is the I result. I was getting ready to say. Yep, I was getting ready to say. They can do what they want to do. You just said, rich white men. Hey, this is their world. We just, you know, we trying to do shit. <laughs> just a we squirrel trying, trying to, what is it? Just a, what is it? Just a squirrel trying to get a nut? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, but you're right. NFL side. Ooh. Put them on the kissing list, hey. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're on there. Well, that's some foul stuff. I don't even want to get Father I know he got his own comment, but <laughs> he, gonna, he might well, stay on the soapbox too long. <laughs> well, we're going to go well, to Living for the City, so you got the mic, Papa Didi. All right, What's happening in the city? I'm off my soapbox. I'll pass it to you. Hmm. That was a very good uh you know, I, I'm not even going to be on the soapbox. I'll be honest with you. Everything I say is real. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. That, you know, all I tell people in the world today is walk through the cemetery. You know, and, you know, when you walk through the cemetery, I think that the cemetery is the biggest common denominator in the world. Because we could talk about money and power all we want. But, you know, the one thing that we don't talk about is cancer, diabetes, uh, you name it, rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, I can go on with different, different, you know, two things in the world that will stop you in your damn tracks is when you're in court and you get sentenced to a life sentence because of the crime you did or a doctor telling you how long you got left to live. 
And when you get those two particular aspects in your life, it don't make a fuck how much money you got in the bank, how much power you got, how much pull you had, what your title was. That doesn't mean nothing. You know, life is just what it is. It's life. We live and we die. And anybody that experienced the death of family members or anybody that you love or know or understand or believed in or cherished with your life, understand that their death came at a time when it didn't even matter what the fuck was going on otherwise, you know? Because the one thing death comes in, death comes as a surprise, no matter how much we expecting it. It still surprises the shit out of it when it comes out. Because when somebody says, oh, did you hear something, something died? It just, you know, it, it, it floors us. No matter who or what it is. You know, it just, it's amazing. So all the people that think they got all this power, power, power. Okay, how's your prostate? Well, if it's a female, power, power, power. How's your breast cancer doing? You know what I mean? Despite what power you think you have... There's another power out there, and it's called good health. So you can ride that wave of I, you know, of anything that you think that you are holding on to that has some significant significance to your existence. But your existence can be short-lived based on a health situation. So, like you were saying, Red Wine, you know, black folks been carrying the NFL forever. But they praised the fuck out of Tom Brady. No matter who the fuck did what, as long as Tom Brady, teams even get intimidated when they playing his ass because we got that slave mentality shit that we just cannot conquer this black man. And even when the referees see him being too roughed up, they will blow the fucking whistle and say, roughing the passer. Every time. Because they want to, white folks are so in search of the great white hope that it's not funny. They want anybody to lead their asses because they are the biggest followers on the planet. I mean, look at all these Republican, these Republican politicians, both Congress and senators, that rely on Trump, the guy running for. Governor of Virginia. What's his name? I don't even know his name. You got 10,000 commercials. I don't give a fuck about his name. But he's following Trump like crazy. Why are you following Trump? You know what? And I'm going to say this here, and I, I'm going to get off this soapbox for real, for real. You know what? I love Barack Obama for being the first black president. But I got news for you. I'm not trying to be Barack Obama. You know? I'm not trying to walk in his footsteps or like white folks are with Donald Trump. I ain't trying to ride his ass or or praise his ass or follow his ass. Okay, Barack, I love you. You was the first black president. You're a cool brother. You got style, grace, you, Michelle. What's their daughter's name? Sasha and Malia. Sasha and Malia. God bless y'all. But I ain't trying to be like y'all, you know? I'm Papa Didi. I'm my own motherfucker. I'm a superstar of my goddamn self. You know? And that's the problem white folks have. They're followers. They're not leaders. They need someone to lead their ass. 
And that's what Trump does. Trump, Donald Trump is a pie piper. He blows that fucking horn and them right wing KKK jokers follow him. Those politicians follow him. Damn. I mean, I love Martin Luther King, but damn, bruh, I got my own shit. I got my own legs, my own feet. I'm following you. I'm believing everything you're saying, and I'm with you to the core. But I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna go fucking break a window on the Capitol building because I love you that much. Who the fuck will be persuaded to do some dumb shit just because you following somebody? Man, these white folks are the biggest followers on the planet. There's no leadership in the right race. They looking for somebody to lead they ass. And when you rolling like that, shit, you could be conquered like a motherfucker quick. I'm done. All right, now. What about that? Oh, you know, the NFL is like 70% black as far as players. Mm. 70% black. Mm-hmm. What do they do without black people? Basketball, too. Don't leave out the NBA. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't even on Don't the Don't leave out the fucking NBA. NBA is... But I think with this, I think with it is it's just a matter of greed. I think that's what it is. I mean, you know, I don't want to get off too far from this subject, but just like the black farmers, why do you have to sue somebody to get your just do money? Doesn't make a damn yeah. a, a bit of sense to me. These white farmers been getting this damn money for the longest. Now all of a sudden, you you claim reverse discrimination. Guess my mm-hmm. reverse discrimination ass. How about that? <laughs> because they got the they had the inside track, and soon yeah. somebody messing with their inside track, that's when they yeah. get pissed off because black people yeah. done got used. Black people got hip to what they've been doing. Right. You know how up. that goes. Yeah. It's like as soon as we figure out how to play the game. As soon as we figure out how to play the game, they want to change the yep. game. Okay, oh, no, we got to change yep. Oh, no. Did you hear yep. John? It's the jibber, the jibber, jibber. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. We can't get let them get some of this money. We got to change the rules. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let me file there a reverse discrimination suit and put a hold to them getting that money. It's the damn things yeah. that are working together and everybody getting more. Exactly. Like, like Chattel said, greed. One group wants yep. it all, and they get pissed when somebody else says, can we just get a little bit? Mm-hmm. And at the time, and they didn't get along with their fucking wife. Mm. And it's anyway. crazy how we can't we can't change the game because they're ahead of it. That's the sad part about it. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's their game. Only because we were raised by people that just taught us to just go along with the game. But them there jokers you go with been that trying nice to shit, just... Papa. I'm, I'm tired of that. Yeah, that's right. That's how we write. That's, <laughs> we where, that's how we were raised. Be well, nice. We no, not, not me over, no more. Uh, I ain't like that. Not over. me. Fuck that all right. Nice shit. <laughs> all right. Yeah, not me. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, let's, let's go to Hollywood. Well, let's take a little oh, break you... for a second. Yeah. Take a break. Let's take a little break. Yep. Eat some ice. Okay. Yeah, I guess we do. All right. We're going to take an ice break. And then we'll come back with the Hollywood wrap-up in Kettle, because I'm sure she's got some news for us this week. Mm. So we'll be back on the other side of the break. It's Friday night, and you're listening to The Pajama Party Show Live. Tune in every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. We push it. 
to the limit every week like only we can. We've got hot topics, hit it and quit it headlines, TV and movie reviews, commentaries, and the world's famous Kiss It List. And you don't want to be on the Kiss It List. So visit apajamaparty.com, check out the cocktail of the week, get your glass, and get your laugh on with the Pajama Party crew doing what we do right here with you. Get up on this and push it. Push it real good. Hi, right, welcome back to John Party One News, Papa D. Mira Kettle. Hello. And Red One. Bonsoir, darling. All right, time to go to Hollywood. You ready, Kettle? Yeah, I'm ready. Come on, let's bring it. Let's go to Hollywood, Hollywood. All right. Let's take it in. What's happening out there on the what? West Coast? Quite a bit. Um, as everybody knows, what's been going on, Alec Baldwin is in the news. On Thursday, mm. an incident involving a prop gun discharged by actor Alec Baldwin on the set of a new movie called Rust. It's a mm. Western. Uh, unfortunately, the cinematographer, Elena Hutchins, was, um, uh, she, you know, she died and um, uh, injured was director Joel Solz. And um, I guess a lot of people are trying to figure out, well, how can a prop gun kill someone? But from the things that I've heard was that sometimes they do, they, they, they use gunpowder in the particular prop gun, but um, they put some other elements in the gun. So, um, you know, it's an investigation ongoing. This is not the first time. Um, you guys remember um, Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, he was twenty. He was only twenty-eight. He was fatally shot on a um, movie set, um, a movie set called The Crow. And uh, another um, actor, John Eric Hexman, he died. It was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Um, I don't know why he shot himself in the head, but I don't know if he was playing with the gun or what. But um, it's 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 you know, so things like this can happen, but. Um, I guess this just blew everybody on the set away. Um, also, they um, didn't have any um, union workers. They had brought some other workers in besides union workers on the set to finish the um, this particular movie. So they're going to do some serious investigation on this. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you guys remember Paul Walker, um, the guy that played in the uh, Fast and Furious? Um, he uh, left behind a 22-year-old daughter. Um, she got married uh, this past weekend, and um, I guess her play uncle, which has been Diesel, he was at the wedding. So um, kudos to him. If he stops oh, fighting with nice. uh, with the Rock, <laughs> you know, maybe he can do something other than fighting with the Rock, you know. But uh, it's it's all good. Um, that was yeah, so. Yeah, that's all it was. Just jealousy. But it's all good. It, it, look, it's enough to go around. Um, also, Condoleezza Rice. Um, she says the Capitol riot was wrong, but we need to move on. The former Secretary of State also uh, made controversial comments on critical race theory as a guest on The, um, uh, the oh. View. Um, 
she took, um, of course, we know Megan, she's gone. Yay, Megan McCain. Yay. She got other things she's doing, but yay. Um, the former Secretary of State offered controversial and right-leaning views on the Capitol riot and the critical race theory as a guest on the um, talk show on Wednesday. Um, Rice, we know she's a Republican, um, said during her appearance that the attack was wrong and that the events that um, transpired on June 6th caused her to cry for the first time since I was uh, the National um, Security Advisor. Oh, wow. I guess she was taken back on it. Nobody care Um, about her tears. (laughs) You're not a a Condoleezza Rice fan? What's going on? (laughs) Not particularly. I wouldn't it was interesting there. because Sonny Halston, of course, she had to put her views in it, and she was sitting right beside her. Uh, she didn't take that very well. I mean, she has her own opinion. Everybody had their own opinion, but uh, they, I think they were kind of cold-shouldering each other, uh, Sonny Halston and uh, Condoleezza Rice. But, you know, it was. I okay. mean, they, they're very strong, opinionated women. So, I mean, you know, what you expect? Um, also, this new... Um, a show called Squid Game. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, South Korean workers channeled Squid Game to pro- to protest their real-life economic woes. So um, in Seoul, frustrated um, South Korean workers have sought to seize an opportunity to pre- uh, present it by the huge popularity of these Squid Games to draw attention to their demands um, for better employment conditions. Hey, why not? They said... This is a popular show, and, you know, maybe we can um, spread some light on what's going on with our economic uh, situation. So um, they said this is the most popular show ever Netflix um, has had. I was like, wow. Has anybody seen the Squid Game? No. Okay. Okay. All right. You guys are on to the Squid Game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have no answers myself, so, (laughs) but anyway. Um, Also, Warner Brothers dismisses Ruby Rose's allegations of misconduct on the Batman set, Batwoman set, I'm sorry. Uh, Former Batwoman star Ruby Rose came forward with shocking allegations of abuse and neglect from the CW network. She shared multiple accounts of herself and crew members sustaining serious injuries which left one individual with third-degree burns and another permanently un- unable to walk. Wow. Um, but, of course, you know, Warner Brothers denies all, everything. So um, we have to watch that closely to see what's, what's going to happen with that. So um, so sound like she just removed herself from, from, from the set, um, the movie itself. So she's like, I'm not going to be a part of this. So, uh, you know. Um, you guys keep up with the mass singer? I guess not. Um, yeah, we're, we're um, I used to watch oh. it, but I haven't watched it in a while now. Well, they had um, they just revealed the um the the hamster, uh which was um Rob um Snyder. You know, he played in um Deuce Bigelow, uh Grown Ups, um oh, Hot yeah, Chick. Yeah. yeah, so he was a hamster. So uh, they just revealed that. So, yeah. And um, last but not least, um, Tommy DeBarge, member of the of Switch. Remember Switch back in the day? He, um, he was oh, yeah. 64. He, 
Yeah, he died recently. So um, from complications, liver and kidney failure. They said he had been on dialysis um, for a long period of time. So uh, he was 64. Wow. If nobody knows about Switch, boy, you, you need to look him up. You know, R&B, oh, know punk band, name Switch. So, yeah, they, they were the joint back in the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember some of the songs from Switch? Of course. There'll Never Be. Uh, I Call Your Name. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was one of the yeah. other ones? Those are the first two that come to mind. Love Over hmm. Over Again. That's another one too. So yeah. Okay. I don't remember that one, but I remember they'll never be. Yeah, that was the joint. That was it. Yeah. Yep. So rest in peace. Wow. That's, that's I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. So. All right. Well thank you, Kettle. Uh, we're all, right. all up to date now. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All, all right. right. Well, that brings us down to the kiss it list, Papa Didi. Can okay. you uh, explain about the kiss it list? Here's a list that uh, Before we get people into showed their butt over the last week or so. We got your girl Marjorie Taylor Green being her typical jerk-off self. Yeah. She's a special one, I tell you. You got the uh, Candace Owens. She's a black uh, conservator uh, commentator for being loud and wrong again as usual. Yeah. Trump's new social media app called uh, Truth Social already got hacked a little sooner <laughs> than it was announced. He's trying social. to have his own social media thing because he mm-hmm. got banned from Twitter and Facebook. Oh Lord. I also heard that the code for it was stolen from somewhere else, and there's some issue about that. Then you got a Karen who threatened to call the cops on a black woman for walking her dog in a neighborhood where she also lived. Yeah. And a white woman thought she didn't live there. Okay, Trump supporter who told the Daily uh, the Daily Show that Trump was still president. And flies around on Air Force One in charge of the military. What? But not responsible for Afghanistan. (laughs) (laughs) Trump lovers are off the chain. They're crazy. And the Kusa High School, I was talking about earlier, Rome, Rome, Georgia. Oh, yeah. Suspending black kids for protesting the Confederate flag. Oh, and not crazy. the kids for using racial slurs against them or anybody that was doing anything else they had to do with whiteness. But uh, I tell you, I just think, like I said, the parents need to pull their asses out at high school. You sent your mm-hmm. kids to the wrong goddamn school. And Trump, for mm-hmm. disrespectful statements he made about the passing of uh, General Colin Powell. Oh, yeah. What do you think? He said Powell was a failure with the Iranian roar, war. Made bad decisions. Oh he was horrible. He said something about he really? was a rhino. He was a rhino. He was a rhino. rhino. He was, I don't even know what that means. Rhino people love him, but he was a horrible joint chief of staff, and I would never hire him in, in my administration. But you can rest, but rest in peace just the same. Yeah, I mean, on the day that he passed. On the day the he passed. Should, the family should get Trump for defamation. I'm, I'm telling you. Defamation of character. F- yeah, that's true too. 
F you. Okay. <laughs> That's what I would do. F yeah, you and the dog you rode up on. Um, did you get that Utah school district that I was talking about, the way they were disrespecting those kids? Yeah, for allowing racial attacks oh, yeah. against students. Yeah. Don't, don't forget about NFL. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. the NFL for mm-hmm. being the national foul. Yeah. There you go. Anybody else? Mm. Oh, I got that guy that was uh, the, the rapist on the train in Philadelphia, Fiston the Goy. Mm-hmm. The people that filmed that shit. And, yeah, there. and the people yeah. that filmed yeah. it and didn't help, didn't report it, didn't do anything. All mm-hmm. of y'all on the kiss it list. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, anybody else, Papa Didi? That's all I got. That's it. All right. Well, we have a gift wrap present for everybody on this week's kiss it list. And here it kiss is. Kiss my empire All right, welcome back to the John Party One. You host Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Oh, bonsoir, darling. Bonsoir. Well, we're down to the last word. Who's hmm. up first? You want to go, Papa D? Yeah, I'll go. My last word is with all the stuff we talked about now, and it's it's, it's such a simple. Um, it's just a simple remedy, you know. The same old things are happening to us over and over again, and we we really should be immune to it by now. We shouldn't get excited about anything that a crazy white person does. Nothing. We shouldn't get excited about shit. If something happened to you on a on a common base, it shouldn't excite you no more. I don't know why we get so excited about shit that's happening all the time and every day. Trump shouldn't even phase our ass, and we should be doing reverse psychology to fuck his head for a minute. Because he think he's, they just think, people think that they can say shit to black folks. And a lot of black folks just react. We just react, react. Every time, oh, did you hear that? Oh, my God, you hear what he said? Oh, my God. Damn, stop that. We know what they've been saying for 50 fucking years. Why do we get so excited about the same old shit? Calling us fucking monkeys and all this. Fuck that. They can say what they want to say. Know who you are and be who you are. You ain't got to, you know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's all I got to say on that. Well. Mean it sincerely. Um, my last word is the NFL needs to do right by these brothers who have been injured while playing the game of professional football. And I'm just saying if they don't do right, I would be for picketing, not necessarily picketing, what's the word I'm going to say? I would be on the side of people who say they are no longer going to participate 
in watching it and being a part of it. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. I'm just saying that when it comes down to it, if they don't get this thing right this time around, now that the truth is out, I'm done with the NFL. As much as I love football, I don't love it that much. Not at the Mm. expense of my people. All right. That's my last word. Okay. Um, my last word is I want to chime on what I talked about earlier. We need to uh, let's rally more for better voting machines and practices of voting. Um, let's just get it together. Let's get it right. Stop going back and forth. I, I think it's just uh, a lot of times when people cry wolf, it's like a big smoke screen. Um, you know, with 45, big ass smoke screen that I've ever seen. You crying wolf like a crybaby. Shut the fuck up and, and, and move on. Go do something else with your life and stop crying about something that you didn't that you didn't get. Yeah, he lost that election. That's right. Big yeah, time. He lost him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you you were embarrassed by your party or what. Yes go she was. Yes she was. Go. Go bye. See you later. Yeah. But see he, he, he thought up. and they thought that he was the quote unquote Messiah. That's supposed to take them to the next level. He ain't take them no damn where. Because mm-hmm. he, wasn't, he wasn't smart enough. He wasn't intelligent enough to handle the job itself. So, fuck off. Go do something else. That's my last mm-hmm. one. Dropping the mic. Shit. <laughs> All righty. Dang. You know what, Kettle? The same thing happened with, with George mm-hmm. Bush's father. The same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Four years, mm-hmm. he was out. People said, nah, fuck all that. Mm-hmm. He was gone. Yep. And they picked fucking yep. Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They said goodbye. Enough is enough. This guy, Bye. This guy Bill Clinton mm-hmm. sounds a little better. That was brother. Right. He was gone. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. What are you going to do? Yep. All right. Yeah, what you well, going to do? Mm-hmm. We're going to do it again next week. That's what we're going to do. Mm. So... <laughs> Thanks to everybody for hanging out with us tonight, uh, calling in, listening in, et cetera, et cetera. We appreciate you so much. Uh, tell a friend about the Pajama Party Show. And uh, meet us here next Friday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, uh, 6 o'clock on the West Coast. And you can figure out your times if you're in between those two coasts. And uh, we'll do it again next Friday night. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> That's that's it. We're going to say goodnight and get on out of here. Say goodnight, Papa D. Good night, good night, good night. Say goodnight, Kettle. Good night. And goodnight, Bobo Spadios. Arrivederci. Konnichiwa. See ya. We got about five minutes left. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. (laughs) I bid you farewell, Arrivederci, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Jabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show and good night. Growing that day, growing up my day, put some of my day, party cool.